Hey there folks and welcome back to the Coffee Shop Best Bits podcast. This is the best bits of a radio show called The Coffee Shop with Harry and Dan that I do with my good friend Dan over on 382 Radio every Friday from 7 till 10pm GMT. This week we speak about a whole load of stuff, random as usual. We speak about primary school scissors, uh, the big flat screens used to get rolled out on a just portable stand at primary school. And we speak to Bella Unwin about her new single, Lose Time, which released on Friday. As well as the classic, What Biscuit is Best? So, we hope you enjoy, and if you can listen live next week, that would be absolutely fantastic. See you soon. Do you remember, like, primary school days, they'd wheel out, essentially, a telly on a stand? Oh, yeah. I think it was, like, the only DVD, or it might even been on, like, VHS, but back then because my school was very far behind i think it was like one of the only things they had so whenever like they, the teacher didn't want to teach they just put it on oh we never had anything like that whenever whenever like the big thing got wheeled out it was always some i can remember always having some like french learning dvds or something it would always yeah, be like something ed- like that yeah we had like educational ones it was like we had a spanish what we had like a spanish tape or film or film that she'd that would be put on it'd be it'd be like a clip or something from like some spanish tv show where they speak it like a like you know how dora the explorer was like for kids that it'd say something in spanish and then do it in english yeah it was like the spanish version but flipped so it so it speak speak majority in spanish and then say it in english oh, okay was, yeah i vaguely remember uh french one of them but i think i was in secondary school yeah this is this would have been year six, so it'd have been about ten when 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 she wheeled that out. But it was like during like foundation years, so like nursery and stuff. Yeah. It seemed to be the only DVD they kind of had. So oh. I, I, I think that I think that might have been subconscious subconsciously where where that came from. I think we'd got rid of like the wheel out ones by then. I think every, all teachers seem to have a um, laptop that could play DVDs. Yeah, I never understood why why we still had them because my teachers had laptops that could play DVDs and like interactive whiteboards or just like a projector, but they'd still wheel out the TV. I think it's because all the media they had that was like based their syllabus around was like VHS tape. Yeah, primary schools did seem to do that, where even though it was the twenty first century, and digital was becoming a thing, VHS would still be the top form of playing for any educational thing. They'd, they'd always have it in, like, a massive binder folder or something as well, wouldn't they? Or was that uh, just me? Yeah. My, mine had it, like, just the tapes themselves. No, like, plastic hard shell that they'd come in. And, you know, the pocket. Uh, is it a poly pocket thing that they yeah. that you can get? Just a binder full of them with them, like, with them all in, like, separate things. Oh, ours were, like, you know, uh, like, the single ring binders you get? It was like yeah. a massive plastic pack that size, just with like a A4 booklet to accompany it, um, and then also the VHS. Do you know the thing I've always Seven found weird half. about knives? We're, we're, yeah. we're going off a tangent, off a tangent here. You can't buy knives until you're 18, but you can live alone from when you're 16. So how are you supposed to cut anything? Scissors. <laughs> just trying trying to cut a steak up. Just have your scissors out. 
Yeah, I just found that really, really peculiar. <laughs> really big scissors. Just a pair of scissors with the screw from the inside unscrewed. Going back, going back to primary school, like one of those big set of scissors your teacher always had in a pot on his desk. One of them. Oh, they no. always seemed massive. Oh no, we always used we the only scissors that seemed to ever exist in our school. Did you ever have like the massive block that had like thirty odd scissors in? Yeah, and you'd always pick up a dodgy left pair or something like. Yeah. Like, there were like left-handed scissors for some reason or what. Yeah, it's like the blades were the other way around, but they they always just seemed to be less sharp than the normal ones. Either either that or the handles would, would like miss each other and like you. You'd like to trap a bit of your your skin from your thumb in between or something like that. Oh no, my hands were always too big for them. I just got my hands stuck in the scissors. <laughs> you just got your hands stuck in. The yeah, they they were too big for my they were too small for my fingers. They always just used to get wedged on my fingers. I spent I spent a minute cutting something out, then like five minutes trying to pull it off my finger. <laughs> Someone you constantly got got to bring around like a packet, like a bar of butter or something. <laughs> <laughs> The number one salesperson for Lurpak. <laughs> Did your school have left-handed pens? Left-handed pens. Yeah, my my school like like we had like I'm presuming you this is like a thing for all not left-handed pens like getting your pen license for like when you turn to like you'd be like ten years old or something. Yeah. To prove that your handwriting is legible enough to be able to write it in pen. Yeah, I got mine somehow. Because you, you've seen my handwriting, it's awful. You've seen mine, I, I somehow got a pen license. But your, my, your grammar's worse than your handwriting. Yeah. Uh, no, it's like my... Uh, my school had these special left-handed pens that had this weird curve at the top of them. Yeah, I seem... I vaguely remember them, but I seem to think they were more for people that had, um, like struggled writing or like had bad handwriting more than they were like left-handed i i've my primary school i i suppose advertised them like 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 they had to like prove that you were left-handed before they can give you one or something like that and it was like it was like if you were seen using one in your right hand or like you or you like not stole but you but like a mate who who had one gave one to you it was like, all right, there's your break gone. It, they were like strangely strict with it. Do you know that's one of the easiest ways to tell how someone's been killed? I learned. What? I learned it's a tangent again, but it's left and it's left and right hands. So I was mm. watching something once, um, and people. The it was a show, but it, the detectives thought it was a drug overdose, um, and they'd they'd had the injection into the right arm. Um, yeah. But they were wearing their watch on the left wrist, which would yeah. usually suggest you're right-handed, unless you're me, then you're weird. Um, I, are, I, you, are you ambidextrous? No, I just wear my watch on my right hand. Yeah. I do that. I, I'm like that as well. Are you right-handed or left-handed, though? I'm right-handed. Oh, I thought that was just me. Everyone calls me weird for doing it, but I just hate it no. on my left hand. I, I do it because I write with my right hand and I can't write with my right hand if my watch is on my right wrist. Like, no, I, like, I write with if, my I write with my right hand, but I have my watch on my right wrist. So yeah, I'm right-handed, but I have my watch on my left. So yeah, no, that, that that's what I'm saying. It's normally that. 
So oh, you, right, yeah. you'd have your watch on the opposite wrist to what you'd write with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's how they could tell it was a murder, not an overdose. Because yeah, like... if you're going to inject something into you, you wouldn't do it with your non-dominant hand. Yeah. So... It's like a... No. Your... That episode of Sherlock. Yeah. Where where he finds someone dead and everyone thinks it's a suicide. But he's... But because everything in his house is on certain sides and his mugs are certain ways around or whatever it is, whatever bizarre thing they have to yeah. pick out, he's like, it's a murder or something. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's always like that. Death in Paradise is the same. It's always you think it's going one way, and like last minute, like last night's episode, um, mm. it was a crayon that solved the murder. I think the yeah. week week before it was a bowl with some vinegar in. Mm. And it's like you go through the whole thing with all the obvious things, and it's always one really insignificant thing that'll end up solving it. Yeah. It's always the most peculiar way they do it. For detective shows, I feel like they should show the stuff for you to be able to like think something's off here instead of just having the main character go, well, that's that, that's that, that's that, and that's that. It it almost sounds like a game of Cluedo. Yeah. It's just, well, he did it with the mug by the desk that's on the left side of his mouse. It sounds like, yeah. it sounds like when someone's tr- really trying to stretch out a game of Cluedo. Yeah, I've never. I don't think I've ever played Cluedo. I was going to say I've never played Cluedo either. <laughs> that's a, that's like a Twitch stream or something in there, then, isn't there? <laughs> what four four hour Cluedo gl- gameplay? No, Monopoly. <laughs> yeah, swiftly followed by a by a twenty four hour Monop- Monopoly stream. Monopoly would be the best one because I know there's a game for it. Yeah. Oh, like on on Xbox and stuff. Yeah, because of course yeah. we can't see each other physically. Yeah, I think Cluedo has one. It's, I think it's just stupidly... I think they've charged like full price for it. Yeah, and, unless we just do it like we get a remote control car or something. <laughs> so I, I sit at the end of your drive. Do it, do it by a drone. <laughs> I just sit at the end of your drive, you sit in your garden, and we just move the pieces one by one every time. <laughs> someone, someone gets really annoyed, flips the board. <laughs> Speaking of the Gallicas, have you seen that clip? Uh, from years and years and years ago, of I think it's Liam going, I'm not silly, I've got four GCSEs. <laughs> I have seen that, yeah. How many that GCSEs my... do you have, Dan? Not that many, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got, uh, I think I've, I worked, someone asked me this the other day, I think I worked out, I've got like eight or something like that. Yeah, to be honest, I don't have a clue. I was looking at, um, I was trying to update some. Uh, form on one of it was probably my LinkedIn to be honest mm. um, and it asked what are your A level grades and I thought do you know I don't know <laughs> I, I only got them 6 or 7 months ago but they changed several times over and I still not had my certificate for them and I'm thinking well I definitely got a B in politics and what I don't... did you take for A level sort of speaking about it because you, you always bring up the fact that I'm studying music and, I, and I've studied music for the past two years. What 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 have you studied? Oh, okay. Uh, so, at A-level, I studied politics, maths and geography. Um, after that, last August, I studied the AICPA Digital Mindset course uh, for f- future-proofing accounting. 
very thrilling. Thrilling. <laughs> it's as exciting as it sounds. Not very. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what that's. I started studying German. I'd studied German for a bit at A level, uh, then dropped it towards the end of the first year. I always thought, I always thought you studied German all the way throughout, and then when you listened to them, I was like, wait, he studied German, did he? But no, I I dropped it after. It, it's the sort of thing I I stop doing something as soon as I stop enjoying it. Um, yeah, and I'm. I stopped enjoying German um, after someone else left. And I imagine it's the same for anyone trying to learn English. Because we've got so many words that are spelt the exact same that mean some, the, something completely different. Or words yeah. that sound the exact same but are spelt differently. Yeah, it's like ver uh, is a bunch of different yeah. words, isn't it? Town, town names must be a pain as well. Like, oh, have you ever have you ever tried? Have you ever seen an America tried to pronounce Loughborough? Luga Baruga. <laughs> Luga Baruga. Yeah, have you seen the started doing a Luga Baruga festival? No. There's a Luga Baruga festival celebrating the culture and arts from Loughborough now, because there were uh, because 3M have a because there's actually culture and arts now. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's there's a big 3M base in Loughborough, so yeah. there were, a lot of Americans came over to work there. Uh, mm. as they would have with the university as well. Yeah. Um, and they all started pronouncing it Luga Bruga. So the, the town <laughs> took it on site. Uh, but look, Gumster's another one. Do you know how to spell Gumster? No. G- give it a go. Let's do, let's do a radio spelling bee. How do you spell <laughs> Gumster? I'm presuming it starts with a G. Yep, you're right there. What is it? Gumster. Gumster. Yep. Is it U-M? So, like, gum? No. What is it? Right, so it's G. Yeah. O. Alright, yeah. D. M. Right. (laughs) A. N-C-H-E-S-T-E-R. It's God Manchester. Oh, which is usually seen... people's reaction when they see how poorly any of the teams from Manchester are doing. It's, God, Manchester. I mean, both of them are doing really well now. Yeah, I know. I thought that as soon as I started making that joke. And I can't think of another thing from Manchester. And we're joined today by Bella Unwin. How are you, Bella? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, thanks. And Dan's here for once. Yeah, I, I showed up to this one. <laughs> I could wake up in time for this one. Yeah. How, how are you, Dan? Let's see how you Tired. are. <laughs> if that's not the sum, sum up of your life, I don't know what is. So, <laughs> let's kick straight into this. Bella, how long have you been making music? Um, well, I bought my first MIDI keyboard in 2016, I think. So I've been dabbling since then. Uh, so how many years is that? I don't even know. I can't count. Like five years. Five, five years. years now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's about that. Nice. And um, what inspired you to first get into music? Oh, well, before actually making music, I was doing photography. So I used to photograph at a lot of music venues around like Melbourne. Um and I got really into grimes. Okay. Um and like artists like Jesse Lanza and Imprezov. And I think I just kind of got the urge to just buy 
my MIDI keyboard and have a go. Um, honestly, all my music at first was so out of time. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was probably it. Just being surrounded by lots of people and just being like, oh, yeah, I want to try that. And so do you tend to play with the keyboard purely or have you ventured into other instruments since then? Well, no, for quite a long time, I've just been using like MIDI keyboards. But recently, I've been wanting to get a guitar. Um, so I've been thinking about it and violin. I have all these random urges where I just want to buy loads of random instruments, but <laughs> I haven't quite done it yet. So Are there any you've had your eye on particularly or will it just be a spur of the moment sort of purchase? I think it'll be spur of the moment, but I've been looking at a, um, I think it's a Squire Stratocaster? Strato? Stratocaster. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Please correct they're, me. They're, they're, uh, they're, they're really good, they are, yeah. Yeah, so that, hopefully. that your input for this week, Dan? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> we'll get the biscuits and meal deals in a bit, other than that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so... What's your sort of creative process behind writing a song? Do you start going for one particular thing or is it a sort of free-flowing process? Mm, that's a good question. I think it depends. Like, uh, there's been times where I've started with the beats because I really like beat programming. So I'll start off making something incredibly complicated and then I'll cut it back and then I might try adding in like a little synth for bass line and then see how that goes or sometimes it can just work like the completely opposite way and I usually write most of the time I write like the lyrics as I go but there have been more recent occasions where I've put more effort into like writing the lyrics and then building something around that so I think it depends mm. how yeah each, each time it depends <laughs> Do these tend to be solo projects or do you tend to be working with other people on them? No, most of the time they're just uh, stuff that I do in my bedroom. But uh, last year I did do some collaborations with a Bristol-based sound engineer called Finlay Shakespeare. Oh. Um, so kind of things are happening there, but I haven't done anything else. So it's mainly just me at the moment. <laughs> but I'd like to. So if anyone wants to collab. So, your new single, Lose Time, is out today as this is being broadcast. What's the meaning behind the song? You know what? It's, it's always really hard to say what the meaning is because most of the time when I'm writing about it, it's never really anything that I'm aiming for. It's more of like subconscious. And then afterwards, I might be like, oh, yeah, maybe that was because I was feeling this particular way or that particular way. But in the moment, like... I'd rather just leave it up to other people to kind of interpret. Yeah. So, you know, it could be about lockdown, about losing time. I don't know. It's up to you. So I think, to be honest, I never really try and push for any particular meaning in my songs so, or this one in particular. So in that sort of sense, how do the lyrics come about? Is, is it sort of going with words that sort of fit the tune or is there almost an inspiration you pull the lyrics from? sometimes sometimes I think there is like if you know like I was saying if I'm feeling a particular way I may without realizing it use particular words or phrases and all of that but most of the time I try and do it within the groove of what's going on you know if it fits the melody yeah. certain words fit certain like 
move you know like if it's a really long word it's not going to fit into a particular beat or melody so I try and usually do it around that actually yeah and do you ever find you almost have a few words sort of repeating themselves or one you can't get out of your head and when you're trying to write something it just comes in over and over again yeah I think so yeah because obviously like um if you've got like a catchy beat or something you're like oh yeah this word fits and then obviously it is good to build it around that so that's usually how I work yeah and does it ever become slightly annoying having the same word over and over again or does that almost help you build the song in that sort of sense yeah I think it does help build the song but I guess sometimes if I'm using the same word too much I'll probably scratch the song and start something else so yeah yeah it's you were saying when we asked you about the meaning of your songs uh it was like you'd like other people to interpret it or what interpret what you were saying uh, is there not an extent of like that song being a part of you and when you have to put it out onto a platform you're almost kind of like giving something up in that way or do you just see it as I want someone to interpret this and hopefully it helps them if, if they need help or hopefully it like gives them some form of escapism for however long whether that be three minutes or however long yeah I think so I mean like it again like uh, I might uh, like write a song maybe in the future which actually really you know, has got a really big meaning about like around it. But I think at the moment, because I'm experimenting so much with the music side, I don't always invest so much into what the actual song means. But mm. like you're saying, if someone else listens to it and go, oh, this really connects with, you know, for example, lose time at the moment we're in lockdown. It feels like we're losing time. You know, it just depends. I like leaving it up to other people's interpretation, to be honest. <laughs> so going back to the music, what would you say is your biggest musical achievement so far? Oh, I would say... Um, so when I first moved back to the UK, I uh, did my first ever gig at birthdays in London. Hmm. Um, and that was for, like a label night spirit level label they're a melbourne based label and i kind of got into connection with them when i was living in melbourne um oh. they did their label night in in like in birthdays in london so i'd say that's like quite big because it was incredibly scary yeah so, so scary <laughs> and i'd never like performed my music live before and i think i'd got ill like two days before so I think for me that feels like quite a big thing to have overcome. Yeah. So, what was it like performing live for the first time? What What was sort of feelings going through you at that point? <laughs> I kind of thought that people would think my music is absolutely ridiculous. Because <laughs> um, back then, I think it, it, like I was saying earlier, it felt probably more free I wasn't so worried about how good it sounded um so yeah I kind of well while I was playing I was like oh god you know this is very vulnerable yeah um yeah so I think I yeah I was quite scared but it felt good afterwards did it um yeah so what sort of pushed you to take that opportunity and perform at that gig the first time <laughs> well um 
I almost didn't uh, pl play the gig because I was quite scared. It was mainly because um, kind of a mentor of mine, Tim Shiel, who is the label founder of Spirit Level, and he's also a radio presenter back in Melbourne. He kind of encouraged me to play. So he's the one that said, like, you should come and play because uh, it's more like a family, the label. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was more his encouragement. Um, yeah. And what did it mean for someone with that sort of musical backing to really believe in your music and think you should be doing that? Yeah, it felt great. Cause I think um, it was really nice. Cause I think for so long, I thought that my music, yeah, just like some kind of weird electronic, um, experimentation uh so yeah it's really good and he's still like my mentor now so it's it's nice it's really nice to find someone who actually believes in yeah. what you're making yeah. so it's very valuable along this horizon it, you've mentioned you're re really willing to collaborate with people if you could collaborate with anyone who would that be who would be top of your list to make music with Oh my god, this question's actually always so hard. Um, oh, I don't. Oh, you might have to cut this bit out, but I actually don't know. <laughs> um, I think I would like to make music not with anyone in particular. Actually, I think I'd rather just like to collaborate with anyone I think it's just nice to work with people so I don't think I have any kind of like idealistic person I would like to work with at the moment just yeah anyone come my way we can make <laughs> some cool tubes <laughs> and you make music who's top of your list at the minute who, who have you got your eyes on to collaborate with yeah take your highest possible dreams who would be top of that list for you I genuinely don't know. I don't think it's what any of us really think about. We got this question last week, so we'll put it back in this week. What is your favourite biscuit? We had Danny Mac on last week. His favourite was a ginger nut. Me and Dan had an argument on this show because he thought Jaffa cake was a biscuit. Oh. What is your favourite biscuit? Oh... You know what, if I could be, um, oh, you know the Minty Biscuit Man? The Minty Biscuit seen, Man? That? Is that an Australian thing? Oh, no. No, it's not. It's from the north. Oh, I think it's like Barry from Watford. Oh, it is hilarious. Everyone go and look up Minty Biscuit Man. Um, but I'd say my favourite biscuit. Oh, I really like Bourbons. Oh, okay. Solid. I think I settled on bourbons after we had that argument about Jaffa cakes. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> it is a cake. But <laughs> for tax reasons, they're a cake. For tax reasons, it's a cake. <laughs> for tax reasons. <laughs> oh, there's this really nice um, other bis. Oh, what are they called? They're like le. Oh. They're like a biscuit, but they have like a thick layer of chocolate on top. I know exactly which ones you're on about. I can't remember what they're called now. 
Blair something. You can get like mint ones and oh. stuff, can't you? No, I know the ones you mean. Yeah, but I don't think any of us know what they're called. <laughs> <laughs> but they're the ones with the really weird adverts of some murder, and then they just point to some random person. Yeah, it's them ones. That's the advert I'm thinking. Oh, but you can get you can get like knockoff ones in Lidl and Audi and stuff, okay. and they're the ones that we you normally get. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Worst like, thing is, I know we've got a packet in the cupboard, in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got one over there because they're my dad's favourite biscuit. I could just go get them, but I don't. Yeah, I know for a fact I they're coming the so same. <laughs> I I found out with custard creams, but I've only mm. particular ones. They're very different per store. Mm. <laughs> so it's been absolutely fantastic speaking to you Bella would you like to go and introduce your next song yes so this is Lou's time I hope you enjoy um, yeah thank you <laughs> and that's it for another week folks thank you very much for listening to the podcast if you want to find any of us on social media you can find the whole show on at coffee shop records underscore on Instagram at Coffee Shop Rec, that's R-E-C, on Twitter, Coffee Shop Records on Facebook and LinkedIn. You can find myself on Instagram, Harry underscore Con1. Dan, you can find on Instagram, d.a.n underscore dot m. On Twitter, at Dan in Tims. And on Facebook, Daniel Mann. Thank you very much for listening. Hope you can tune in next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.